Hello everyone, welcome to our second video sermon for Richmond Anglican Church. John is going to be speaking to us in a little bit, but before that, I'm going to have two Bible readings. First Bible reading is from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Our second Bible reading is from John chapter 14, starting at verse 15. Going through to verse 27. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realise that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We'll now have John bring the sermon. Hello everyone and welcome to our second service online. My name is John Lewis for those who do not know me and it is a privilege to be asked to speak again at church. Thank you for joining us today. Well today we'll be talking about the Holy Spirit and before I continue how about we pray. Holy Spirit give me the words to speak in Jesus name. Amen. Well, one of the most neglected topics in the life of a Christian is the work of the Holy Spirit. As important as the subject is, you would think more people would be talking about it and referring to the Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever heard a sermon on the Holy Spirit? A few? That's good. Well, it's so clear from the Bible you cannot live a godly life or serve the Lord well unless you understand how he works in your life and you can't understand God's word without the help of the Holy Spirit. We talk about Jesus and God, but don't often hear anyone talk about the Holy Spirit. What's vital in the Christian life, so we must know who the Holy Spirit is, 
what he does, and how he does it. Have you ever considered specifically how the role of the Holy Spirit differs to that of Jesus and God? What does the Bible say about the role of the Holy Spirit transforming our lives as Christians? These are some of the things we'll be looking at today. For the first Bible reading from Genesis, the Holy Spirit has been around forever, even before creation. And we see it. It said, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity and has been around since the beginning. You know, since 325 AD, we've been saying what we believe as Christians in the Nicene Creed. And it states that we believe in one God, one Lord Jesus Christ, and in the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All the Godhead, three in one, all equal, yet individual and distinct. God the Father is creator and sovereign. God the Son is Saviour and Lord, and God the Holy Spirit is Helper and Empowerer. We see in John verse 16, keep, keep your Bibles open to the John reading. We see in verse 16, the Trinity is evident when Jesus, who's speaking, asks the Father to give us an advocate or a helper who will be with us forever. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. How long does Jesus say we will have the Holy Spirit? Forever. Not temporary or for a little while, but forever. And as Christians, what can we expect the Spirit to do? Verse 17 and 18, the Spirit of truth. The, word, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Not at any point since we trusted in Jesus as our personal saviour have we ever been alone. Never have we ever been helpless. We often feel helpless, but as soon as we put Jesus as our saviour, we have God's seal on us. We have absolute assurance of the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. In your experience, what part has the Holy Spirit had in your life? Or what part does the Holy Spirit have in your life? Have you gone through life as a Christian not aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit? Have you not been aware of the treasure that is in you? That your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. Well, as soon as we are saved, we receive one of the greatest assets that is deposited in our lives to help us in every single moment of our life. We have God, the Holy Spirit, living within us. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the Advocate, or Helper, to help us. We all need help in our lives, and Jesus knew this firsthand. In verse 26, the Holy Spirit will teach us all things and remind us of everything Jesus has said and taught us. When the Holy Spirit comes, he convicts the lost, the sinners, and brings them to repentance and salvation. One of the first works of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of our sin, to make us realize that we are sinning against God and that we need a Savior. He lives within us, therefore, when we sin, when we have a bad thought, 
say the wrong thing, treat someone poorly, do things we ought not to do. The feeling we get isn't just a feeling, but rather the work of the Holy Spirit in us, reminding us of who we are, followers of Jesus, and we are convicted that what we have done shouldn't be in our life. Whether we are aware of it or not, the Holy Spirit is at work in our life. So you might think it's just a feeling, but don't get confused. Don't get confused with certain feelings. For example, have you ever had that gut feeling? Have you ever trusted your gut? Have you experienced butterflies in your stomach, especially when you're nervous before a big exam or about to get on an aeroplane? Have you ever wondered why your thoughts can have such an effect on your gut? Well, there's a lot of research and evidence that the gut and brain are connected. These sensations emanating from your stomach suggest that your brain and gut are connected. And recent studies show that your brain affects your gut health and your gut may even affect your brain health. The communication system between your gut and brain is called the gut-brain axis. Your gut and brain are connected physically through millions of nerves. The gut and its microbes also control inflammation and make many different compounds that can affect brain health. Billions of neurons are found in your brain and central nervous system. They tell your body how to behave. There are approximately 100 billion neurons in the human brain and 500 million neurons in your gut, which are connected to your brain through nerves in your nervous system. The vagus nerve is one of the biggest nerves connecting your gut and brain. It sends signals in both directions. For example, in animal studies, stress inhibits the signals sent through the vagus nerve and also causes gastrointestinal um, problems. Similar, similarly, one study in humans found that people with irritable bowel syndrome or Crohn's disease had reduced vagal tone, indicating a reduced function of that vagus nerve. An interesting study found in mice that feeding them a probiotic reduced the amount of stress hormone in the blood. However, when their vagus nerve was cut, the probiotic had no effect. This suggests that the vagus nerve is important in the gut-brain axis and its role in stress. The gut-brain axis doesn't play a part in the work of the Holy Spirit. But when we feel the presence of the Spirit moving us, be careful not to pass this off as just a feeling. We need to be aware of the Spirit among us and in us. It's very common to hear people saying, I have a good feeling about this, you know, trusting in their gut or good vibes or positive energy and relying on anything but the Bible to help them get through life. And all this, it's based on nothing. How privileged we are to have the Holy Spirit in us, which has more an effect on our spiritual, mental, and physical health than we realize. How privileged we are as Christians, as every one of us has received the Holy Spirit. The privilege that the people in the Old Testament didn't have. Well, if we are children of God and we love God, we will strive to obey God and do as he says. He spurs us on in love and good works and puts a fire in our heart for him as we try to live an obedient and godly life. In verse 15, verse 21, verse 23, follow along. It says, if you love me, keep my commands. Verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. However, verse 24 goes on to say, Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. 
there is, of course, consequences to disobedience. 1 Samuel 12:15 says, But if you do not obey the Lord, and if you rebel against his commands, his hand will be against you, as it was against your ancestors. I'll ask you this question. Do you obey God out of fear of punishment or because you love him? Well, different denominations have given birth to non-biblical ideas of the Holy Spirit, relying on what they feel or putting an emphasis on the Spirit, which differs from what the Bible has to say. We need to look at what Jesus has to say about the Spirit. Well, where does the Spirit come from? You may have heard some people refer to the Spirit as it, but it is actually he. He is sent from the Father and the Son. He is not in opposition or independent of them. We must not separate them, for they have the same plan and purpose here on earth. You cannot have one without the other. You cannot have the Father without the Son. You cannot have the Son without the Spirit. And you cannot have the Spirit without the Son and the Father. You cannot have one without the other. John 14.6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It is the Spirit that gives us new birth and teaches us the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Spiritless Christianity isn't Christianity, and Christless Christianity isn't Christianity. Verse 17, the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. However, the devil, or Satan, is the father of lies. John 8.44 says, For he is a liar and the father of lies. So he's been telling lies since the beginning in the Garden of Eden when he spoke to Eve. In Genesis 3.1, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Verse 4, You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So the devil tells lies, and people believe them. And he uses these people to obstruct God's work. The power of the devil is given by those who believe his lies. He doesn't actually have any power. He just lies and tempts us. But of course, we are all sinful and very capable of sinning on our own. Satan continues his efforts to make sin less offensive, heaven less appealing, hell less horrific, and the gospel less urgent. If you deny him of his lies, you live by the truth. The power of the spirit of truth stops the devil's lies and temptations and helps us to focus on God. If you don't listen to the devil, then you'll listen to God. You know, it's possible to resist the spirit when we're faced with temptation. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. It's also possible to grieve the Holy Spirit in how we live our life. Are we grieving or pleasing the Spirit? Well, as Christians, serious about our faith, we should be aspiring to live a godly life and fleeing from the sin whenever it tempts us by resisting the devil's lies and relying on the Holy Spirit that is inside us to help us. 1 Corinthians 10:13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, 
He will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Well, I travelled to Japan last year in January and did a tour with 18 to 35-year-olds. One particular evening in Osaka, we went out for something called Tabe Hodai and Nomi Hodai, or in English, all you can eat and all you can drink in an hour and a half. Well, following that, we went out to a nightclub where I met a very pretty Korean girl and danced with her for hours. After a while, we took a break and started to chat using Google Translate as she didn't speak much English. Well, after chatting for a while, she went on to show me where her hotel was and hinted if I wanted to come back there with her. I was single. No one on the tour really knew me. I was all the way over in Japan, so no one would know. I was tempted. I had an opportunity, and I considered it. However, I felt something so strongly that I believe was the Holy Spirit helping me. I heard it so clearly. What are you doing, John? Don't do it. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, I may have given in to that temptation and made a very regrettable decision. See, if we entertain our temptation in our mind or dwell on the sin that can be so appealing, we'll most likely fall into that sin and go down that path that we know will be so regrettable. The sin that leads to the consequences that we have to deal with for a lifetime. Knowing that God will never give us a temptation beyond what we can bear and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we must immediately recognize the moment we are tempted or when a thought comes into our minds and with the help of the Holy Spirit, turn to Jesus in prayer. If we resist the Spirit's help, then we will make then we will most likely give in to the temptation we are facing at that time. We will turn our back on God, wanting to fulfill our sinful desire and forfeit the help that is always offered in our lives by the Spirit to overcome any temptation. We can stop entertaining the idea or thought in our mind by doing what James 4, 7 to 8 says. It says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. See, I have a helpful saying when faced with temptation or maybe when a bad thought comes into my mind. I say, no, I renounce that thought in Jesus' name, and I announce that I am a follower of Jesus Christ, and Lord Jesus, I choose to worship you. You may have been a Christian all your life, or you may have just given your life to Jesus this year. Well, the moment you realized you were saved you receive one of the greatest assets. We have God, the Holy Spirit, living within us. We have a helper. I encourage you to go out into the world with confidence, knowing you have the Holy Spirit living within you, who will help you in any moment, even at your weakest moments, help you to face any temptation, teach you all things, and will remind you of everything Jesus has said to us. The end result of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is deep and lasting peace. In John 20, uh, verse 27 from our passage says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So the kind of peace that gives us confidence and assurance in any circumstance, sin, fear, uncertainty, uncertainty and doubt disable us. In our current situation with the coronavirus, how are you coping? 
Who do you turn to? My hope is that you turn to Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to fill you with Christ's peace. I'm going to finish with a prayer inspired by the song Holy Spirit by Jesus Culture. Dear God, there's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope, your presence. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. In your presence, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Amen.